Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we talk the big story of the week, Heartbleed, and what it actually means for you. We also talk about Facebook becoming a bank, Google buying drones, uh, announcements from Dropbox, Amazon, Google Glass, and we have several great picks. It's a don't-miss episode of Don't Panic, and it's coming up next. This is Don't Panic, episode number 42, recorded April 14th, 2014 on Bleeding Hearts, the bank of Facebook, and fancy umbrellas. Hello and welcome to this edition of Don't Panic, the ultimate technology podcast that takes technology world, turns it on its head, uh, and teaches you all the things you need to know about what's going on in the tech sphere. Uh, I am Sean Jennings, and I am joined today by uh, the two men that were once called the Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin of technology. That would, of course, be uh, Colby Rabideau and Daniel Miller. Uh, gentlemen, how's it going? Sean, have you made that joke before? Uh, I, I think I called you the Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods of technology. <laughs> I don't think I've done the, the astronauts. Okay. Maybe I called oh. you the Scotty Pippen of technology. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm Something flattered. like that. Uh, how's it going, Dan? Great. Open sourcing all the things. Open sourcing all the things. That's what I like to hear. Uh, well, we try and get Colby back on the call. Uh, we have some <laughs> uh, don't panic announcements, Dan. Whoa. Whoop, 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 whoop. I'm I need so like excited. a flashing alert or something. I don't even know what they are. Uh, you do know what they are, though. So, oh. first of all, we try and get you don't panic in as many ways as possible, okay? iTunes, RSS. Facebook, our own website, iTunes, you name it, we try and be everywhere. But, you know, some people, they say to us, they say, you know, the really the only social network we care about is Twitter. I don't use that, that face, now that Colby's not here, I can say this scummy Facebook thing. Um, so they wonder, uh, what, uh, what's, what's the story? Well, good news, Don't Panic is now on Twitter. This is the part where you cheer, Dan. Woo! Yes. I love Twitter! Yes, he does. Uh, you can now follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Don't Panic Show. Uh, we will tweet there every time we go live, when our new episodes are posted, or any cool... I think we'll use Twitter more if there's any cool content we find, or any cool news stories we want to share. Uh, we'll use it more, and I'll make sure these guys have access to the account as well, and we'll all kind of share along with that. So, uh, you're definitely going to want to follow us on Twitter. Thank you, Colby, for coming back. I was just telling the fine folks about uh, Don't Panic on Twitter. Cool. That's awesome. At um, Don't Panic Show. Yeah, Skype crashed, so I apologize. It, it does that. It's not your fault. <laughs> All I did was click on it, and it just crashed. That's the Skype we know and love. Uh, so follow us on Twitter. The other big announcement. Uh, I won't get too much into it because it's also part of my pick this week, but if you're a fan of the app Stitcher... Uh, Don't Panic is now part of their podcast catalog. You can listen to us on Stitcher as well. Stick around if you're not familiar. Uh, I'm going to give you a full review of the app as my pick later on in the show. Uh, anything else to announce, gentlemen, or should we... Uh... Uh, I don't think so. I, uh, well, I think we're ready to announce that we are moving on to our opening video this week. Uh, we've got a fun little clip for you guys. Uh, this was posted on Gizmodo today. Uh, let's take a look at Siri versus Cortana. Send a text message. Send a text message. To whom shall I send? Sure. Who's the text going to? I 
don't understand, going to. To whom shall I send this? I can't find that contact. Who did you want to text? I don't know what you mean by, I can't find that contact. To whom shall I send this? Sorry, I can't find that contact. Who did you want to text? I don't understand, can't find that contact. To whom shall I send this? Cancel. Alright, you get the idea. Uh, just a little fun uh, battling back and forth between uh, Siri and Cortana going back and forth with each other. They Part of that video even had Google Now slipping in, so uh, fun to hear the virtual ladies <laughs> converse back and forth, get a little confused. Um, but we should, we should stop with the shenanigans, and we're going to move right on to today's top story. Good. It is good indeed, Dan, except that it's not, because our top story this week is a little thing called... Heartbleed, probably the best branded security flaw I can remember. Um, which one of you guys wants to explain to me what the heck Heartbleed is? Dan Miller. <laughs> ah, way to volunteer, Dan. <laughs> Holy, that's not nice at all. <laughs> um, all right, here's the deal. I'll basically do the XKCD version, and then we can which talk was excellent, more. Excellent, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so what is SSL? SSL is that little padlock on the left-hand side of the address bar in Chrome and in Safari and in Internet Explorer and yep. in Firefox. Yeah. Uh, you know, many years ago, you know, there's this big movement to make sure you got the padlock when you're submitting your credit card information and your password. And now there's this movement so that everything has the padlock. Uh, Facebook does this. Etsy does this. Google does this, where just every page is entirely SSL encrypted all the time. Um, so what happened last week was that someone found out that uh, one of the things SSL does, I don't know what this is, but you can send a, a heartbeat, which is usually means, hey, I'm still alive, or in the other case, are you still alive? And then it sends back some response. Uh, in this case, the uh, the client, the person asking for the heartbeat, can uh, ask not only for the heartbeat, but it can also specify the length of the string that is returned. Uh, and I don't understand why you, you know, so there's a reason why this is possible, but uh, I don't understand why you would ever accept any input on this interface at all. But you can say, server, are you still there? If so, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So you send the server a message, and then it is supposed to respond with the same message back. So you say, hey, server, potato. And then it should respond, potato. That's but how you know it's legitimate. That's how you know it's still alive, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, however, OpenSSL is written in C, which is this very old now programming language. C doesn't do anything for you. It's actually really simple and easy to understand. Uh, one of the things it doesn't do is control how big your data is. So uh, typically when you're programming, you just say like, my variable equals one, two, three, four, five. In C, you have to say my variable equals of 
a chunk of memory that has enough space for the letters one, two, three, four, five, uh, and then you're good to go. So when you send the heartbeat, you not only send the message, you also send the length of the message. So for the potato case, hey server, potato is six letters long, and the server responds back with potato, six letters long. But if you said, hey server, potato, 12 letters long, then the, ser then the server would respond with potato, and then whatever six bytes happen to be in memory after that point. Now those could be anything. They could be stupid crap, like, you know, half between one thing and half between another requests that the server is serving, web pages, you know, that's all fine. Uh, they could be passwords that the user has, the computer has received. It could be the SSL certificate itself that the server has stored that it uses to encrypt the traffic, which it could then use, if someone was able to get that, to decrypt all the traffic, <coughs> the NSA. <laughs> Suddenly, the NSA storing all of those months of encrypted traffic doesn't seem so crazy anymore, or years of encrypted traffic. All they need is a couple of these bugs, and they could harvest all the keys and go back and decrypt everything. So that's basically um, how it works. Yeah, so I was... I, I don't remember where I heard or read this, but there's... Apparently there's also, because this basically just like, like exposes the machine's memory, you can, there are all sorts of random things that might come up, um, that would just be in memory, um, including yep. like post data. So like data you submitted in a form, which is right. not, I mean, it's encrypted over F SSL, but it's not encrypted like on the machine. In so memory. like. Yeah. Right, so probably your password and username, like passwords and usernames, because that's a pretty common thing to be in memory on a machine. Right, so. uh, and it's unlikely that, because the, the computer only has so much memory, things are going in and out of memory constantly, millions of operations per second. It's unlikely that you could get hit the point where you could retrieve anything of significant size contiguously except for the fact that you can ask for the heartbeat as much as you want thousands of times per second so you can just spam it with send me 64 characters send me 64 characters and then stitch it all together at the end like a uh, a credit card fraud person would your trash in your bank account bill yeah. yeah. That's so, so that's the technology behind it. But I guess my question, and really, I mean, here at Don't Panic, we pride ourselves on taking complicated technology news and telling you what it means for you. So my question to both of you as yeah. technology program expert guys, um, for your average internet user, on a scale of 1 to 10, how big of a deal is this? Okay, so when was this announced? Last Sunday? Uh, yeah, Monday, into Monday. So last Sunday, if you have an account you cared about that you logged into between last Sunday and today, you should change the password. 
It's that serious. Uh, well, because that's... I mean, the likelihood that someone could have gotten your password or the SSL key is low, but it's not impossible. Uh, once they release the the vulnerability, once they publicize that this was a thing, uh, within minutes, people were just doing it to all of the servers they could find to try to get valuable data. Uh, and by people, I mean people who want to sell that data on the black market to other people. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's if you logged into a, a bank uh, or your email, I would say, between those times, then you should probably change your password. Yeah. And you should I mean, probably so use LastPass. Yes, you should. The other thing, though, is that you should, like... If you don't, if you change your password and your the service for the service that password is for has not yet patched this bug, it's like still right. vulnerable. Yeah, but at this point, like the websites that most people use are probably good. Like yeah, your, your Gmails and your Facebooks and the Amazons and yeah, yeah I mean, I the just, banks. I just got. From Simple, I just got an email today telling me to change my password. I don't know if it's that they were late sending out an email or they were late right. patching, patching their servers. I have to imagine they patched it earlier and they just weren't didn't know if they wanted to tell everyone to change their password yet, I think. I, I think I it's, a, it's a better safe than sorry scenario, really. I mean, just right. you just ask everybody to change their password. I mean, there have been cases where very small amounts of data were stolen, and they still asked everyone to change their password. I mean, that's just standard operating procedure. Yep. The other thing, though, and this is this is cynical, Dan. Uh, cynical since Dan. since June, when good old Teddy Snowden told us about all this stuff, well, I've pretty much lost any hope that any of my information was private, uh, and I just assume that it's all public or it could be public at any moment yeah uh, <laughs> so i didn't change most of my passwords i changed the big important ones the ones i was like you know what? if someone wants to log into my seamless account and order food and charge it to my card whatever there's you know there's processes in place to get that money back was, i don't know that's terrible advice <laughs> i i would ask i'm you just so negative at this point you're so cynical yeah um so i would ask you guys and this is i actually i don't know the answer and i'm curious let's say you had a cookie on your computer that saved your password you know you check the remember me on this computer box would you still you didn't would that still be vulnerable i mean is so it, probably not like generally speaking a cookie is not like they don't like store your username and password, right? They store like, like some sort of like random string that is associated with like a session ID that they know that is stored on 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 that website server, so they know that session belongs to you. But couldn't they uh, have decrypted the cookie and stolen it from the server, and then use that to impersonate you? Um. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but those, Maybe. but those expire at at some point. Most of the time, don't they? I mean, by the time uh, after a month, maybe sometimes they last for years, right? What's the maximum TTL in a cookie? Oh, it's zero. If you put zero, it's forever, right? 
Yeah. So cookies can la- cookies like diamonds can be forever. <laughs> oh, that's such a sweet sentiment. <laughs> um so I think I I don't I think it's important to remember that it's amazing the internet works at all. It's a hodgepodge of random equipment that somehow we all hooked together and with a few <laughs> n- letters and numbers we got to work. So this is not the f- this isn't the first time this has happened and it won't be the last that some flaw like this is vulnerable. The important thing to remember is that a you always use good password security measures like not using the same password for all your websites and changing your passwords every 6 months or so or use a service like LastPass that generates longer more secure passwords. The second part is that companies respond quickly when something like this happens and I would say in general the response has been good from these from large web companies alerting users to change their passwords, doing their best to patch it, letting them know what could have been compromised. Um, I mean, would you guys disagree with that? No, I mean, I think it's been pretty good. And, like, you know, it's one of those things, like, personally, aside from, like, my bank and my email and, you know, like, Facebook, I guess, like, I'm not really that worried about, you know, I don't know. Somebody and if, if you had two-factor auth, you're also... Oh, if they absolutely. tried to log in, your thing would still go that's off? That's true. Yes. And, so, and that's another, yeah. good, uh, another good recommendation I'll give. That's how I found... Um, this must have been a year ago, but this is how I found out my password was stolen on Twitter was I got a request for two-factor authentication when I wasn't trying to log in. Um, mm-hmm. a, a good reminder why it's important if your site... Um, does have two-factor to definitely have it enabled Um, because not only will it keep you secure but it may even alert you that you've been compromised uh, which I was very fortunate about um, when that happened to me so um, yeah good good password management go change your passwords if you think better safe than sorry get them changed the the odds of your Information being stolen may be small, but it is a, a possibility nonetheless, and it's more of a hassle to have your identity stolen than to change your password. So uh, that's our don't panic advice. Anything else to say on Heartbleed, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, Sean, what do you have to say about the, the marketing angle? Uh, is, this the, is this the new way to get information like this out? Well, it isn't, it isn't. I mean, it's a, it's a two-headed coin. I mean, I had people... <laughs> No, I'll tell you, I mean, I had people who are the people I make fun of on this show, who, who I say are the tech illiterate who, you know, who don't know what they're talking about. They were emailing me saying, should I worry about this heartbleed thing? Do I need to change my passwords? And the fact that they knew about it was very impressive. So on that side, I think it's great. You know, when you talk about the all the tech side of it, it's very complicated and it turns people off. But when you ha- – I mean, the thing is a friggin' logo, for God's sakes. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that got started, and I don't know – I'd love to find out this, the marketing story. I'm sure there will be a great piece on it at some point. But to give it an identity and a quick name and, and a quick ability for people to know it is smart. On the other hand, when you have something like this, it then gets taken by the media and your local news is all of a sudden running all these promo. you know, Heartbleed could steal all of your data tonight at 11, you know? And then, and then all of a sudden you, you kind of incite this panic 
um, where people don't understand what it is, and they have these people on the news telling them, oh, your information's been stolen when, you know, it probably hasn't, but you should still change your password. But, you know, things like that. It, it breeds uh, uncertainty in people. So it's a two-sided coin, but I think awareness of a security issue certainly this large is good, and being able to bring it to common people is good. We just have to be more careful about really being specific about what it means to the average person. What we've done here in the last 15 minutes, I think is something every news channel should have done and would have made a world of difference, I think. But they don't do that. Instead, they use scare tactics and really try to get you to start panicking and freaking out. So that, that oh. that's my side. I love the branding, but you, you just got to be clear and frank with people. That's why I, mean, I like I feel all like... the... Go ahead. I feel like, like, especially local news stations are just like, they they exaggerate to get people to watch because otherwise, who wants to watch the no local news? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, they they make news because there is no interesting local news. Sorry to say, and they have to take these stories and make them interesting. But that's why I was so happy to see all these companies, big and small, sending out emails to their subscribers when they didn't have to. And saying, yeah. this is what's going on, we don't think you've been compromised, we recommend you change your password, or we force logged you out and now you have to log back in. However those companies did it, it was very reassuring to get to have the companies step up and not be forced into doing this. So I, I praise the industry as a whole. I, I think the response probably went as well as it could have, given the circumstance. Fair enough. Um. And if anyone wants to steal my identity, you're welcome to have it. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's not worth anything. I promise. Yeah, I have a terrible news. The Don't Panic site doesn't have SSL at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but we don't... Do we need SSL? And we are also using Cloudflare, though, so if we did have SSL... Uh, we, would have been, we would have been patched before it was even released, apparently, somehow. That's yeah, Google, true. I don't know the details. Google alerted a select group of companies before they made it public. Uh, Was it Google that released this? Google discovered it. Uh, a Google engineer <laughs> discovered it, and they alerted. I didn't get the list, but I'm sure big companies like your Facebooks and your Apples, I'm sure they let them know to patch before they announced it. Um, they so I believe Google discovered the vulnerability. Yes. Yeah, it was a yep. Google engineer. Yep. Yep. Uh, I hope that guy gets a big raise. <laughs> well, he has job security. I was going to say the stock options are worth enough already. Uh, wonderful. Well, that concludes our heart ble ble bleed coverage. Let's move into something more fun. I think it's time for a trivia challenge. Oh, man, I forgot about the trivia How dare you forget about the trivia challenge, Dan Miller? Uh, well, I, I, I thought really hard about what we were going to do, and I, and I came up with what may be my favorite game we've played so far. And it's called the Acronym Game, where I'm going to ask you guys to spell out some famous technology acronyms and tell me what they stand for. <laughs> we're going to test your, bring you back to the classroom, we're going to test your knowledge. Are you guys up for the, the challenge here? I'm nervous. Yes. Now, now, I, would, I would ask for an addendum to the rules. Which would be? If you don't know what it is, can you just make up something hilarious instead? Oh, absolutely. But I was going to, okay. I mean, it's up to you guys. I was going to have you work together. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Case, that sounds good. 
But if you both don't know, yes, please do come up with something okay, hilarious. Cool. That would be great. Excellent. Some of these I promise I mixed in some really easy ones with some hard ones. So. All right. Uh, and I t tested this on another programmer, and he got almost all of them. So they're not the end of the world, I promise. But this will be fun. Oh. So uh, let's start you off with the first one. This should be easy. DBA. Database administrator. Yes, there you go. I promise there were some easy ones in here. Uh, all right. How about USB? Universal serial bus. Yeah, there you go. I told you these weren't so. But let's let's step it up. BIOS. Oh, that one. Basic I input output system. That's correct. Dan Miller. All right. Well played. How about uh, SATA? Serial. Serial attached. Nope. Yeah, serial all right. right. All right. So, so oh. now I have to make up something hilarious. Um, uh, super Serial Attaché Transfer Association. You were close. We were looking for Serial Advanced Technology Attachment. Okay, that's so dumb. All right, how about this one? <laughs> PDF. Portable document format. Correct. Yep. How about URL? Uniform resource locator. Yeah, uh, universal resource locator. Interesting. Okay. Um, LTE. That's a tough one. Uh... Uh, um, we'll also accept something hilarious. Look, Towers of Energy. <laughs> that's it. No, it's long term evolution. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's, that's a terrible so one. Um, all right. How about for the musicians, MIDI? M I D I. Yeah, I have no idea. You should be know. able to figure this out. It's really straightforward. Music. Interface data interface. Oh, no, no, music something digital. Yeah, something. Yeah, combine what you've been saying, and you're, you've got three of the four words. Music something digital interface. Yeah. Music. Uh... Oh, you're so close. <laughs> Imitation. No. No. What what goes with music? Notes. Instrument. Yes. Digital. Musical instrument uh, digital interface. Nice. Uh, easy one. CSS. Uh, cascading style sheets. That is correct. <laughs> uh, two more. SMS. Short message system. Short message service. Service. But Whatever. you were very close. I would not have known that one. And the last one. Wi-Fi. Wireless fidelity. Yeah, you guys do really well at that. <laughs> nice. I think uh, SATA and LTE were the only two you didn't get. So out of eleven, you got nine. That's great. Congratulations! You, I'll have to come up with. There were hard, there were much harder ones. So maybe next time around, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have to give you a real challenge. Um, but now that we've had our fun, I guess we'll have to get back to the boring stuff. But it's not boring. It's our other news. What are we starting with? Um, well, if you guys have any you want to uh, get started with, I don't have any particular. Let's mm. let's talk about Facebook. The okay. planes? 
Oh, Google stole the plane. plane. Da plane. Uh, yes, that was a Fantasy Island reference for plane those of you who are old. Um, Facebook reportedly planning money storage and transfer services. The Bank of Facebook or FaceBank. Uh, whichever suits your bow. According to the Financial Times, Facebook is attempting in Ireland to get regulatory approval to begin offering these service as a, quote, e-money institution. Uh, this approval would pretty much allow it to operate throughout Europe. Um, Conspiracy theory time. Do it. Do it. So, so I don't know when this was. A couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago, the former head of security at Facebook left to join the... Uh, Bitcoin startup Coinbase. Maybe they're just going to buy Coinbase and then it'll be Facebook. It'll be face coins instead of Bitcoins. Face face. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. The, uh, the face bucks and Facebook. Zuck bucks. Yeah. 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 Zucks. See? How many Zucks? That'll cost you 20 Zucks. Yeah. <laughs> the story Zucks. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, see what I did there. Uh, no, uh, so clearly Facebook did not provide comment on the story, and of course nothing about the United States. But it's not surprising, especially in third world countries um, and in places like Africa, uh, using only e-money, especially on mobile, has really taken off. Uh, it's just been slow to get to the U.S. Uh, but what, what is e-money? PayPal is really, it's just you let them hold on to your money. Oh, okay. That's well, really, I mean, they're a bank, just virtual. What? Because doesn't are, Facebook already have its own currency? It does. Or did but, they get rid of that? Well, they still have credits, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think those still exist. I don't I, know. I still see the gift cards, like in the supermarket. Yeah. You know, still get the, are the gift cards for credits, or are they for, like, actual dollar amounts that you can spend on th things to get people on Facebook? <laughs> they're, they're credits, it, I think. This is something I should know, but I, to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea about any of this. It so. probably leads and, to I nothing mean, good. I feel like that's usually the case. Like, news happens, and I had no idea. No, it's well, and this is in Ireland. Who cares about Ireland? Um, that's true. But the the most interesting part of the story to me was the fact that I I saw the story post and I was reading some comments below it, which never ends well. But huh. pe but people were like. Oh, I don't even trust regular banks. Why would I trust Facebook with my money? And people are like, I can't. They're shady. Think of what they would do with my money. And I just thought, that's the stupidest fucking argument I've ever heard. <laughs> Facebook is a, is a massive publicly traded company. They're not just going to take your money and disappear. That's so dumb of you to think that. Never but, mind the fact that there's all kinds of regulations wrapped around it. What, but that's what, what this opens up is the Facebook plus Amazon thing which is basically google uh <laughs> but yeah i just yeah, i just think the idea that you can't trust facebook with your money they'll do bad things with your money is so dumb well the other problem i think facebook has is that they're not seen as a place that you spend money on yeah like oh, and i think they know that right with google it it felt a little bit better you know i don't know how they did this but i'm sure probably initially with the play store it was like wait Google doesn't cost me anything. Now they now I gonna give them money for like apps and music? Like I remember having those feelings. And Facebook's even later into the game with that. So with the Amazon, it's like, oh, you know, Amazon, I have given them money many times. They always give me what I want, and I trust them, they are fast. Facebook, no one has ever given Facebook any money. No. 
Uh, and, any consumers, at least. Well, and the two other factors of that are, A, imagine an ad on Facebook that you can click and buy right through the ad without ever leaving their site, and two, Facebook just wants to be in as many places as possible. The more users it has and the more eyes it has, the better, and if that means uh, offering financial elements and it doesn't, it makes the money on some level, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, the uh, the global identity service or whatever. What? Right, is it didn't... Wasn't Facebook's whole thing at one point, I don't know if it still is, to be like, to be the identity uh, of you on the internet? Probably, To encompass yeah. all of yourself? Around the, the, ti- the time of timeline. If yeah, I, yeah. And, and you know, Facebook Connect, and you're logging into all your services through Facebook anyway, so... Pay with Facebook. Pay with Facebook, that's... Amazon's been trying to push their pay with Amazon, and I've seen a little integration, but... Um, yeah. Everyone's trying to do it. It's no surprise Facebook is doing it. Yeah. Um, let's move on uh, from Facebook taking your money to Facebook losing a drone company. Uh, Google, uh, we talked about this on the show. Maybe. Many, many, maybe. Yeah, I know. We speculated <laughs> the rumor that uh, Facebook was going to try to buy Titan Aerospace, a company that makes uh, drones that are powered by the sun and provide internet to the world. Well, uh, nope, turns out Google bought them for an unspecified amount of money. Um, there you go. That's that's really the, the story. That happened. That happened. Huh. Yes, do you guys have anything? Maybe the, the balloons aren't working out. Maybe. Well, the most interesting thing about this is, I mean, this Titan Aerospace has been in the news for the last couple weeks. They don't actually have a plane that works, by the way. Yeah, I feel like the they actually had a balloon and they launched it and it provided internet. That seems like a better bet. But, you know, if the drone thing is going to happen in the future, might as well be prepared for it. If they think it's going to happen, I welcome our new drone overlords. There you go. Um... Let's talk quickly. There is a report in the Wall Street Journal that Amazon will announce a new smartphone by June of this year. Um, That's not really the interesting part of the story, I don't think. Instead, Amazon's device is said to incorporate a a 3D display similar to the Nintendo 3DS, something like that. Does it have a 3D camera? So what they're saying is... It incorporates retina tracking technology embedded in four front-facing cameras to achieve a 3D hologram-like effect. That sounds creepy. It's a a process they have already patented, um, and this has been part of the Amazon phone rumor for a long time, but now we're starting to see actual times. June, not surprising, corresponds with IO and WWDC, so... um, it wouldn't surprise me if they announced right before both of those events um, to grab some headlines. It's also not surprising that Amazon's already making tablets and TV hardware. Them to make a phone isn't a huge leap. Yeah. Dan, you sound Do, do we think it'll be successful? Phones know. are so much more difficult, though, than tablets and TV. Because as soon as you start dealing with carriers, you're in a world of hurt. I mean, they've got to make partnerships. They've got, I mean, that's why Windows Phone is having so much trouble. The carriers won't push them in stores. They won't advertise them to consumers. Apple, Apple pays a ton of money, and, and Samsung's been doing the same thing, to get these reps in the stores. I think that's been the Trojan horse all along. Um, 
is getting the, the reps to actually push him and to put advertisements on TV and on the internet. And Windows Phone hasn't been able to do it. And I don't know if, I mean, if Amazon's willing to sink the money in and get the partnership, sure. But that, that I think, will be their big hurdle. It's not like you would just go on Amazon.com and buy a phone like you would a tablet. There's contracts, there's data plans, there's all this stuff. Family plans, I, I don't know. That that will be the big hit yeah. for me. Yep. The, 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 I mean, you could buy a phone like oh. you would a tablet, right? Absolutely. I mean, maybe, I don't know. It would be interesting if they went that route, like the, here's this awesome phone. You can buy it for X dollars. Oh, but, well, if anyone can do it, I'll agree. It's Amazon. I mean, Nokia's yeah. had great phones, and they've sold them off contract, and you could just buy them, and no one's, you know, bought them. But uh, it, the, the statistics are fascinating to me when you look at the number of people who still go into a physical Verizon or AT&T or a Sprint store. And, well, no one goes into Sprint stores, but goes into an AT&T or Verizon <laughs> store to buy their phones. I mean, it's something people... People, people really, yeah, people really are into that. I, I don't think people, maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but I don't think people have really, that's where Best Buy is making most of their money in stores through cell phones. Yeah, I, I see, I get the sense that, like, no one actually, everyone hates going to oh, yeah. the, I don't know, I, I can't imagine anyone enjoys going to the, the Verizon store. No, but, but, yeah, but most there people, is something to be said for the in, in-person experience. Well, and when you're dealing with stuff as complicated, you know, I would be uncomfortable yeah. signing a two-year contract online. I mean, you don't yeah. know necessarily what you're getting. And then plus, um, you know, you only do it every 18 months, every two years for your average person. So I can suffer a Verizon store every two years, but maybe that's me. That's true. Uh, let's talk about. We got a lot of news. Uh, let's talk quickly. Amazon buying Comicsology. I recommended this a couple weeks ago on the show. The comic uh, book platform for your tablet and phone. Uh, probably one of the most popular comic apps uh, has been purchased by Amazon. It's going to be like many of the other companies, like Woot and Zappos, that will continue to operate on its own independently. Uh, it's just that they are owned by Amazon now. Cool. That's interesting. Um, think I'll be able to get comics on my Kindle? I feel like there's something missing there, though. Um, I you think sh- you need the Comixology app. Yeah. And I, I don't think... If they're going to keep it as separate as they said, I don't think they'll directly integrate it. They might promote it and... I don't know. Um, it's it's interesting. Is the comic book market, like the e-comic book market, that big that Amazon really wanted that? I think... I don't know if it's truly massive or anything like that, but I think it's big and I think it's growing. I would make the argument it's growing. I mean, you see the success Marvel's having uh, in movies and television being bought by Disney... Um, they're pumping a ton of money into comics, and just with the ease that digital makes for comic books, I am not surprised to see this industry growing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of potential there. I don't think like digital comic books have reached their potential. Um, this is actually oddly enough, I've like written papers about digital comic book how things like this before in college because i took a comic book class 
Uh, but someday, like, I really like the idea of it because I think it could be really amazing. But it's hard, like... It's, it's interesting, like... I don't know. I don't think we'll see anything really cool in that space until there are comic books produced solely for digital. Like, if these things are going to be printed on paper, they're going to be boring on your iPad. Um, but we'll see. Could be cool. I love comic books and graphic novels. They're great. Well, and it's good to see a company as big as Amazon getting invested in this space, and Amazon's proven to be successful with Kindle and books, so hopefully they can share some of that success with the Comixology folks, get it to a more mainstream audience. So, Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Um, quick story. Can I pick yes. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I think we should discuss this seriously because... I I got my tax refund two weeks ago, and now Google Glasses are on sale tomorrow. <laughs> so I have, like, a serious decision to make. That is tempting. Uh, Colby is correct. Uh, Google is going to, uh, for one day only, allow anybody, even you, uh, to purchase... <laughs> Uh, Google the, the opportunity, the yeah, privilege the, the, to give them $1,500. Exactly. Uh, to be part of their Google Glass Explorer program, $1,500 for the device. But they're going to be nice and give you a complimentary sunglass shade or one of its newly introduced prescription glasses frame along with any purchase. Um, Colby, what would you do with this? And when would you wear it? Actually... To be honest, I've already decided that this is not something I want. <laughs> um, I, to, to be honest some more, I think if I didn't live in San Francisco, I would be much more likely to, to, to do this. Like, I would be much more tempted to. But you but live like, in San Francisco. How many people wearing Google Glass do you see in a day? Exactly, like several, which I don't want to see them. And two, one, another thing is it like in the city makes you like easily identifiable as as what what you are. <laughs> well, some some guy this pa- some guy this past week in San Francisco got his ass kicked and his Google Glass yeah. stolen. Yes, and yes, exactly. I mean, and who can blame them, right? He probably deserved to get it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Uh, but, like, <laughs> he might have. But it, it's just, like, I don't know. It's it's weird. I wouldn't – see, that's the thing. I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing it around here for se- many reasons. So that means, like, I would only wear it, like, at home and at work, which, like, at work is a lo- long chunk of my day. But, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem worth it. But if I lived in Montana somewhere, it, then I would get one. Colby, my advice to you, if you're asking, and it seems like you are, um, the rumor is that before the end of this year, there will be a consumer version available that will probably be cheaper and comparable to what's available now. For the price of one Google Glass, you could get 10 smartwatches, Colby. Five on each arm. Think about that. Or... You could buy every smartwatch on the market for the price of one Google Glass, and you would you would still look less lame. 
You could put three on each arm and two on both of your ankles. And it would still be cooler than someone wearing Google Glass. So my, my advice to you would be to save the money. Um, or you could connect them all into some kind of necklace and just wear it around your neck. Just everything all buzzing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that, my advice to you would be uh, your money could be better spent on other technology. That's a fair point. I would, I would see, I'm going to try and sucker you into buying something cool so I can like be like, Colby, what do you think? Uh, I think you should buy this every time. Sean. You should buy some kind of smartwatch, maybe a pebble or uh, Samsung's new stuff. The, the fit they, that uh, is just coming out The we talked about that on the, the show, the fit, which was the narrow kind of round band from Samsung. Oh yeah. That actually did look kind of cool. Although I'm, I'm not interested. Though. I might, I'm no, might wasn't that from like Motorola. The, uh, no, well, there was the Moto Watch, but those are all going to be announced at I.O. Yeah. Uh, so you could yeah. wait. And and yeah, Apple is no. supposed to be coming out with a watch soon, too. So I, I would hold That's... off. I don't think it's worth. No, it's interesting... no. I, I definitely don't either. I just wanted to talk about it. And, and the fact that they are offering it to everyone is interesting because you could speculate that uh, Google, A, wants to get it in the hands of as many people as possible for testing and development ahead of the main launch, and the fact that it could be Google's way of clearing out inventory of the current version because they're getting ready to prep for something new, maybe announced at I.O., who knows. Um, I mean, they did say it's limited quantities, right? It's not like... Yeah, if a million couple... people show up, no, I doubt they'll all get one, but... Right. Righto. Yeah, yeah, Cool. Decision made. I'm not getting up at six. That's the other thing. I would have to get up super fucking early that's tomorrow. <laughs> that's really dumb. It's like being in college all over again and registering for classes. <laughs> oh god, exactly, exactly. It's exactly. And it costs like about that. the same, doesn't it? Something you don't really need. It it costs exactly the same. Is <laughs> weird. Speaking uh, of that, I. Which would, which would you rather have, Dan? Another Marist class or a Google Glass? Uh, a Google Glass. Both are pretty dorky. Me too. Another? Did you say another Marist class? Yeah, that's how much three credits at Marist costs. Oh, actually, no. I would totally rather have Google Glass because I could resell that and get some of my own money back. <laughs> it's worth more than a college degree. <laughs> oh my God, we're hilarious. <laughs> I know, uh, right? <laughs> Uh, let's move on to our final news story before we get to our picks. Uh, the fine folks at Dropbox had a couple announcements this week. They held a press conference doing what they call, uh, I have to find, they had like a crazy name for this announcement. Uh, and it was like phase two, right? Or something like that is what they're calling it. Um, and it's all the new things they're pushing out. One of those is you'll be e more easily able to switch between your personal account and your business account on Dropbox. Another is a new app called Carousel. Uh, this is designed to store and manage your photos and videos. Um, it incorporates features from Snapjoy, which is a photo startup acquired by Dropbox back in 2012. Um, and it integrates with your Dropbox and hypothetically the automatic photo uploads that you um, do with that. So. Uh, I actually have downloaded and installed it, and you guys can't see my camera, so it's not very helpful, but I'm going to uh, give a little demo here. It's got a little wheel at the bottom, and you can scroll through the years, and it just, it's like every other photo management app you've ever used. It's grouped by date and location and things of that nature, and you can click on the photo and, um, you know, share it with your friends and things of that nature. It's, 
it's good. It's a good app. There's nothing wrong with it, but I would argue there's nothing particularly exciting about it either. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't tried it yet. I can't speak to that. I will say though, uh, we were at work. We were like beta testers for the new Dropbox for Business, which was exciting because Box.com sucks like a million <laughs> days. It's like the worst. I, I, to be honest, I was never able to sign into my account, so I never used it ever. Nice, nice. I've never used Box.com in my life. I love Dropbox. They just have to lower their prices. Fair enough. Because Google Drive is just so friggin' cheap. Yeah, but it, well, I don't know. It might be good now. I don't know. It was bad a long time ago. That's funny. They're going public soon. You know, they're they're IPOing uh, in a couple months. Dropbox? No, Box. Yeah. Oh, oh, I did hear that. Yeah. Although Dropbox, hypothetically, could there? Anyway, uh, let's also talk. uh, You may know that Dropbox owns uh, Mail Client, uh, Mailbox. Uh, I'm a user. I like it. Uh, Well, they introduced a a big update to that app, um, and let me tell you what those are. Three things. An Android app, which is available today, uh, previously was iOS only. Uh, a beta version of a native Mac application, and a new feature called Auto Swipe. Now, if you're familiar at all with Mailbox, you know that. Uh, to make messages go away, you swipe left or swipe right, and it does different things, archives it, deletes it, things of that nature. Well, Mailbox is going to be predicting what it thinks you would want to do with your messages. Um, let's... Huh. I'm going to try and read something here. Okay. I'm not... I'm skeptical... Wait, does this does mailbox only work with Gmail? Um, it might. That's that. It wouldn't surprise me. That sounds right. Okay, I, I, I that was definitely a thing at one point. I'm curious as to whether or not it's still a thing. Yeah, you'd have to double check. I don't know for sure. Um, so what it says here is, in the latest version, when that pesky office email chain pap pops back into your inbox for a second time, a green bubble will appear in its subject line. If you tap it, the app asks you if you want to archive the thread permanently, uh, and it will automatically take care of that as it comes in. Um, Similarly, if you keep snoozing Groupon emails uh, until after work, or you snooze soccer club emails until Friday afternoons, Mailbox notices your actions and will offer to do them for you for incoming emails of those kinds. Um, You can still, of course, do it manually, but if you continually get emails from a service that you're always deleting, uh, it will start deleting them for you or archiving them or such or snoozing them. It will auto snooze them. So if you always open emails from your friend on the weekends, it will only show them to you on the weekends. Um, It'll be interesting to see uh, how well that works. Uh, I'm very uncomfortable with automating my email because I'm always afraid I'm going to lose something. Uh, or something will get deleted when I don't want it to, but uh, I'm going to give it a shot. And if, the other thing is, in the settings, you can actually, they list all the patterns, and you can individually adjust each pattern for each one it sets up. So if the same email always gets deleted and you want to change it, you can actually go in and change it. You, there, you have a lot of control. So I, I'm excited. This will... Uh, yeah. This will, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I, I just got to the login screen and it's like iCloud or Google. Mm. Feels bad. It uh. feels bad indeed, Colby. Um, 
yeah so what i'm gonna do is um i gotta figure out how to turn on auto swipe um although they may not because i have like a i haven't gotten the update yet is this just a clever way of saying we also do priority inbox? Um, yeah, except it'll go a step farther and it will delete or snooze. I, th I think yeah. the smart snooze is what's going to be really interesting. Because it's very easy to figure out if I always delete an email from, you know, some generic company, then you should probably always delete it. But I'm interested to see if I always snooze emails for a certain class I only have on Thursday and then it starts only showing me them on Thursday, that's really interesting. So That would be cool. I'm, I'm going to want to see how that works. So I will report back. I use Mailbox. That's my main uh, mobile client. So I will report back um, once I uh, get the update. I haven't gotten the update. I don't know if it's been published yet or not. It's certainly been announced. Um. Okay, well, do you guys have any other thoughts on news, or shall, shall we move along? Move it uh, along! Yeah. All right. Well, then let's play the bumper. It's time for the All right. Sweet. Uh, and have we got some picks for you folks? Uh, I'm going to go first because I can. Um, so as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are a podcast. You may not know this. Um, and... <laughs> Believe it or not, for a long time, podcasts have been kind of hard to listen to. That's, in my opinion, why they haven't gone completely mainstream is because the processes haven't been in place. When I turn on my radio, it's there. It's on. I don't have to do anything. My TV, I turn it, for the most part, I turn it on and it's there and I don't have to do anything. Podcasting requires a little bit more. Managing subscriptions, managing downloads, managing files, uh, YouTube, RSS. It's all very complicated. So a lot of people feel uncomfortable. I've told people, oh, I do a podcast, and they go, I have no idea how I would even begin to listen to that, despite the fact we have a very nice website and it's very easy. So uh, I have two picks for podcasting apps. One is very simple and straightforward for beginners, and the other is my the one I personally use that I would say is for a little more advanced people. Um, but the one for beginners, it's called Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, um, and... Um, I mentioned this, A, because we are now on Stitcher, and you can listen to Don't Panic through there. Uh, but it's also great because it's the easiest, in my opinion, the easiest way to get your podcast. So um, let me switch to the display cam. Um, so this is my Stitcher, and they make it really easy to come in here, um, browse and find shows. And rather than have you subscribe, they have what's called a favorites list. And in there, it, it automatically shows you the latest episodes of your shows, and you don't have to worry about um, downloading them because it streams them for you automatically uh, just with a push of a button. There's also a listen later feature where if you don't listen to all the shows you favorite, um, you can take certain episodes and save them. Um, so, for example, I will go into browse shows. You'll see popular and trending, new and noteworthy. You can search. Um and there you go. It's your common, and it's one click to play. No downloading, no streaming, no subscribing. It's one click to play. Um, the quality is good. Um, you can connect with friends if you'd like, uh, see what they listen to, what your listening activity, how many minutes you've listened to. Um, and so here is my favorites list, and you can see it. It only shows the most current episodes, so you're not worrying about having 50 episodes on your device, just the latest. And you scroll through, and you just hit play. And there you go. You can hear it's playing our last week's show. 
Uh, what's really nice is the controls are really simple and straightforward. Listen later button as well. And one feature I really like is something uh, is the car mode, which is something a lot of apps don't have. And essentially what it does is it just puts big fat buttons on the screen. Um, but if you have it mounted in your car, um, it is very nice to have. Um, I know I've used it in the vehicle and it's nice having the big buttons. Um, the other feature I will say that I really like about Stitcher is they are um, very much about being in the forefront of uh, technology. So if you have any, they're in almost every smart car that allows app integration. I mean, they're always one of the first. So your Ford Sync and your um, all these different services. I think they're with the the iOS iOS and the car, CarPlay, whatever that's called now. Um, they're integrated with all of those automatically. So that's also another really nice feature. So really easy, really straightforward. If you can pull up a show on Netflix, you can pull up a show on Stitcher. My other pick is Pocket Cast. Now I know everyone, it's kind of like to-do list apps and email clients. Everyone has their favorite. And there is no right or wrong answer. I prefer Pocket Casts. Um, it's available on iOS and Android. Um, and it's just like every other... Um, podcast software really but what's great is they give you a lot more control downloaded downloading video audio played unplayed they give you a lot more flexibility uh i'm a little anal about uh controlling all of my uh shows downloading them saving them always having copies stored locally so i don't have to stream them uh the buttons are great they did a wonderful redesign for ios 7 when that came out uh information about the shows you can favorite um, share, do all those things from there. But it's just my personal pick for what I use. So um, if you're looking for new ways to listen to podcasts, uh, for beginners, I recommend Stitchers, and my personal pick is Pocket Casts uh, for podcasts. So, Sean, maybe, maybe you have some advice here. Sure. Um, I typically, so I use iTunes on my desktop for podcasts. Yes. That being said, I have an Android phone, and even when I did have an iPhone, the podcast app from Apple was pretty, pretty bad. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's horrific. It's like uh, bad. Yeah. It's really. I've since switched on iOS to using Casts. That's what I'm recommending. Like... It used to be Pocket Casts. Now it's called Casts. That's the. Exact oh, app. okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, cool. I keep forgetting that they just shortened it. My my only thing is, like. I want right now I never listen to podcasts on my phone because if I listen to them on my phone they won't like what I listen to will not be in sync with iTunes. Right. Now, I'm fine with like not using iTunes. Like I'm I'm in no way attached to iTunes. I just don't have anything else. So like how do like what do I do? Like where like I've I've tried Pocket Cast before and it seems cool but like it doesn't sync with anything on my computer. Yeah, that's if you're going mobile to mobile. I mean, Pocket Cast. I have it synced between my iPad and my iPhone, um, and it does a great job. But yeah, I, I actually don't know of any podcast client that syncs with um, the desktop. Hmm. Uh, that's that's a does, good question. Does um. I guess sort of because it has a web client, right? Yes, but I don't know if it'll keep your spot. Um, um, God. 
Now you could try. I just, I did. I just googled it. Um, you might be able to use. Have you ever used um, any of the Double Twist software, AirSync? No. Um, Double Twist has has a uh, desktop client and an Android client. It's for music and radio and all this different stuff. But it, it will sync wirelessly your information. Um, so that's the thing. Yeah, you'd have to Google that. I actually don't I don't have an answer for you. Um, or if Stitcher Stitcher, you can certainly listen to um, on yeah. uh, the thing. But I don't know if it will actually. Well, they have a. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well. Oh, there we'll you see. go. Here you go. Stitcher's web app seamlessly picks up wherever you left off in any episode. There you go. There you go. Maybe I'll have to give that a shot. Then. Like to, the only downside would be it's like I like I listen in the car, so I like to download the episodes when I'm on Wi-Fi at home, so they're not streaming over 3G. And as as far as I can tell, Stitcher is stream only. That's fair. So if you're yeah, on Wi-Fi, I... you're fine. Right. So, so, I mean, one thing, like, I have my T-Mobile Unlimited LTE plan, and if I stay in the Bay Area, I almost always have LTE. So, like, that's not really a barrier for me at this point. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll give it a shot. I mean, it could be the case that this streaming just sucks, right? Like, Spotify works fine on my phone. Um but I don't know. So so oh, I'll give it a shot, perhaps. You, you yeah. can do... See, I should have played with Stitcher before I recommended it. You can do offline downloads, um, but it's, you have to go into the settings and enable it and then add it to your listen later list, um, mm -hmm. and it will download the files to your phone. Cool. Well, I'm going to actually try using Stitcher um, regularly and see, see what I think now that I know it does uh, desktop syncing. You know, I think I might too because... Yeah, report back. I'm curious. Uh, now, I will say there are, on popular shows, there are ads. They're short ads, and as far as I know, they're only at the beginning and ends of the show. Um, well, but that's what you get for a free service, so. Guess so. But give it a shot. Yeah, I'll try it and see. I'll, I'll report back. Yeah, please do. Um, Dan? Yeah? How about we take your pick... And go faster than light. That's my pick. Oh, did I? Oh, that is. <laughs> I was really confused. Uh, as was I. <laughs> I was uh, like, is this umbrella even more awesome than I already thought it was? Uh, I guess since I teased it, Colby, why don't you go ahead and talk about uh, Dan's umbrella? Okay. No, so, um, um, yeah. So my picks. I have two picks tonight. Um, both are about space because space is great. Um, it turns out in like, what now, like two or three hours from now, uh, there's like a lunar eclipse, but it's like, a, like a blood moon eclipse or something. So like the moon is going to be red and <laughs> this time around, like being in the United States is like the best place to see it. So go outside at 2 AM Eastern and see, see the moon looking fucking cool as shit. Um, and so also space related um, I don't know Dan have you ever played FTL I have not but I've always wanted to bummer um, so I actually FTL is like a classic I don't actually know how old it is but it's it's not like 
very new, but it's it's sort of a classic like PC puzzly sort of game. Um, and basically, the idea is it's it's sort of a strategy game, and you you you're the captain of this spaceship, and it's you like have a crew and you outfit your spaceship with all these things. And there are all these rooms and it's, it's sort of like you're the commander in star Trek. Like there are, there are all these rooms. There's like the bridge and the weapons room and you have to man the rooms. And like you get in these space battles with these other ships and they like try and board your vessel and you can like open the airlock and like, like do all this crazy stuff. Um, and it's very, it's, it's really hard uh, because there's no saving so like if you die you have to start over from the beginning um which is cool but so they have they have an ipad version that was just recently released um in april apparently i i missed the boat a little but it happened but i wanted to pick it because i just thought that i was reading the reviews yesterday before i bought it and the reviews are like the review distribution is 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 shockingly good. Like there's a it has like twelve thousand twelve I'm sorry twelve hundred five star reviews and like twenty five one star reviews, which is pretty unheard of, I think. Um, but I was reading the one star reviews and like usually one star reviews are like, oh, this app crashes on my iPad one, um, and there are a couple of those, but most of the one star reviews are like people genuinely upset that the game is so hard. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Like, um, <laughs> like one's like, play this quite a bit, and I always seem to be doing well, but then all of a sudden some weird random event happens, and I'm in- instantly dead. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this one is, it's, it's suddenly apparent to me why all the reviews I read and based on my based my purchase on mentioned how they had been big fans of this game on PC past tense, which is now apparent. Now apparently this is clearly a case of nostalgia. Um, no, that's not the good one. Where's the good one? Damn it! I don't I don't want to buy this, but I think you've talked me into it. Maybe it was removed. I think it's really fun. To be honest, I never beat it. Um, I well, I bought it on Steam, but I'm gonna try it again on iPad. It's it's one of the games. It's one. Of, it's a type of game that is really fun on iPad. Um, I love games like this, so this is uh, this is really neat. Yeah, it's it's like fun, and you feel like you're on Star Trek, which is cool. Neat. <laughs> Alrighty, a nine ninety nine in the App Store for yeah. iOS, um, and you can also get it for desktop, correct? Uh, yeah, you can get it on Steam. It's nothing. It works on Mac too. So yeah, it's a nine ninety nine on Steam as well. So uh, check it out. FTL faster than light. Neat. Um, yeah. Dan. Yeah, uh, you do know this is a technology show, right? Yeah, but we can pick whatever we want. I, I mean, I guess, I guess. Is there technology in umbrellas? No. You were supposed to say yes yeah. and talk about how technology. It is. It is not faster than light, unfortunately. No. Does it have Wi-Fi? 
It Bluetooth? doesn't. Doesn't have Bluetooth. How yeah. Many me- how many megapixels? Uh, infinite mega. Infinite megapixels. Yeah. Talk to us about the uh, the Davic. Uh, yeah. Solo. So. It rains in New York, and I have had several really cheap umbrellas that have. Well, I've had two, and they've both broken the day I used them. Uh, or you can get those crazy, like, dome umbrellas that, like, come down over your entire body. Or you can get one of those giant umbrellas that you could use as, like, a spear. Uh, or you could get something like this that you'll actually take with you all the time because you can put it in a bag or keep it in your hand and not, you know, feel totally inconvenienced. Uh, so I decided... One of the things that I have decided I'm no longer going to skimp on is umbrellas. So I bought this umbrella. It was mentioned in Wirecutter or the Sweet Home. Uh, you can find them, and it's made in New York, which endears it to my heart. You can find it at Davik, D-A-V-E-K-N-Y.com. They make all sorts of different kinds of umbrellas, including the spear ones. Uh, but this one's really cool. I'm going to commit a sin and open it inside. Uh, Stand back. So the cool thing is that, of course, it has the automatic opening technology. So it does have some technology, Sean. Uh, but the cooler thing is it's also lubricated. Like, there's oil on the thing, so it opens really nicely. Uh, there's also a button to close it, though, which is pretty cool. I feel like my video is going in and out. I don't know why. It, but, it, it couldn't handle the awesomeness that was. Yeah, trust me that the... Here, I can do it again. Or maybe I can't. But anyways, it has a leather handle. It's very nice. It is $100, but I trust that this umbrella won't break the one day I use it anymore. Uh, for a long time, I subscribed to the belief that umbrellas were stupid and that you should just wear a raincoat. But it turns out that the main problem with raincoats in New York is that they're really hot on a good day in the summer. And if you plan on going into a subway with them, you're going <laughs> to die. Uh, yeah. So... I'm switching to the umbrella, Davik Umbrellas at DavikNY.com. It's pretty great. I can't wait for it to rain tomorrow so I can use it again. And I will note, it, it has an unconditional lifetime guarantee. Yeah, and if it breaks, you get a card when you buy it, and you can bring it back to the store and get a new free one. Wow. Yeah. And that's not bad. Well, for, for the serious person who doesn't want to get wet, uh, the Davik Solo, $99 on the internet. Sweet. Wow. What a show we have put together here, folks. I am winded. Yeah. I am sweating. Probably your mind. These studio so. lights are hot. Yeah. Uh, it's getting the summertime is upon us. It, Summer is coming. It is. I'm I I'm hoping my next place has central air. We'll see. Um <laughs> Yeah, if I should, if I should be so optimistic. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. Well, uh, we certainly thank all of you for joining us here on Don't Panic. We do the show live every Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on the internet. Uh, you should find us via our website, don'tpanic.io. There, you're going to get uh, past episodes, links to our RSS, iTunes, uh, and Facebook, and Twitter, and all that good stuff. Um, you should definitely check us out there. Um, Am I forgetting anything? Uh, nope. No, no. you are an expert. And and how about this? I will end the show with the tease to end all teases. Are you ready? Okay. In the, in the coming weeks, if you're a fan of this show, 
but don't like me and think I drag the intellectual quality of the show down, which may be true. Boy, are you in luck, because in the coming weeks, you're going to see the launch of a brand new show featuring one Dan Miller and the other Colby Rabideau, who are going to talk computer programming. The real deal. This isn't for you newbies. This isn't HTML 101. No, they're talking about real things that matter in the industry uh, every week in podcast form. Um, And we promise, stay tuned to Don't Panic. Uh, and our social media accounts because we will be tweeting and posting up a storm about it when the show goes live. How was that for a tease? Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I saw the yeah. first episode. I was there, and it was killer. So um, you're definitely going to watch it. Sean's our producer. I am. I'm, I'm <laughs> producing now. Uh, and and if you just think I'm only going to promote Dan and Colby, no, there's also a new show I'll be hosting without them. So if you like me but don't like them, you're also going to be in luck. <laughs> If, if you if you go that Colby and Dan, they are too smart. I need a show with less intelligence. Well, you are also going to be in luck. So stay tuned to Don't Panic, and we'll have all the details in the coming weeks. Um, wonderful. Well, uh, that wraps us up for tonight. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it, as always. And we will be back here next week with more tech news. Uh, good night.